I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This episode of Another Happy Pod is going to contain spoilers. If you've not experienced the content yourself, please go ahead and do so before coming back and listening to the boys ramble on about it. Thank you very much. But we do talk about another happy pot, which is the show you're listening to. Terrible. Don't don't fucking drop your face into your palm like that. My name is Nathan. Welcome to another happy pot, the show where we talk about Bruno. We talk about popular culture. I was going to say podcasts. We talk about pop culture and everything else going on in the world. Uh, My name is Nathan. I possibly already just said that. And with me is a man seemingly stranded on a desert island. <laughs> it's, it's Lawrence Isley. How right. are you, sir? Right, I'm good. Elephant in the room. We've been away. We had technical problems. I've moved office space upstairs. The sound is terrible. If it yes. is still terrible by the time you're hearing it, I apologize. <laughs> but in true me and Nathan fashion, we have decided that in in a week of technical issues, we've decided to now record our faces so we can now <laughs> look at each other with stupid simulated backgrounds and potentially provide another thing that could go wrong. <laughs> I'm in kind of like a like a hacker's lair. I think you described it as the uh, the cunt the gentleman from um that was a quick correction that was a very the cunt <laughs> hang on no the gentleman the did young you, gentleman did you, did you correct yourself because you realised that at the time of filming that he was probably like eleven yeah well no I didn't but now that seems reasonable so 
just take yeah. the get out. Yeah, I've described it as uh, Neville. Whenever iCarly, like whenever a ploy would be, you know, whenever the game was afoot in iCarly, <laughs> and it was revealed to be that little Neville who had for some reason like an FBI lair in his room with a sliding door <laughs> or some shit. Nathan's in well, one they, of them. They lived in a house. They lived in a fucking an apartment with an elevator that went mm. up to the fucking film studio attic or whatever. Like no, their, that, their that, that elevator. That elevator also went directly into their living room, so any anyone just walking in could just, just be like, "I'm now in the iCarly studio living room." No, I don't think I don't think it was an elevator for the whole building. I feel like it was just their unit, their premises. Like they uh, for that one apartment, they have an elevator that goes up one floor. Apparently, that is a. I'm not an architect, but that sounds like a terrible idea. That <laughs> it does right. So quickly, yeah, <laughs> when you 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 also watched Drake and Josh as a kid, didn't you? Yeah, I'm no fool, Nathan. I was always yeah. watching Drake and Josh. Did you also want their bedroom? Because that was like the fucking the sickest bedroom ever. That's their bedroom was top tier, but I always thought that so like I'd want I wanted their room, but I wanted Megan, yeah. otherwise known as iCarly later on. Um I wanted her like hidden TV behind the wall. Oh okay. like set yeah. up. <laughs> So I was, I was, <laughs> you, you just said I wanted Megan for a little. Oh no, 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 and then you didn't follow up. <laughs> so, I was following up. I was following up. No, um, okay. no, I, I wanted, I wanted her set up in Drake and Josh's room, um, if preferable without Drake Bell being a paedophile as well. Yeah. If I didn't have to share with him, that'd be great. But, yeah. That would be great. Yeah, do me a favor, just turn down your mic just a little bit if you can. Alright, we'll work this into the pod, shall I? <laughs> no, we can cut this out. <laughs> or keep it in. You're editing it. I don't care. <laughs> That's true. Um, how's that? okay. how's, how do I sound now? Do I sound good now? You sound good, yeah. Um, how's your life been? Oh, it's been fine. It's been fine. It's been... <laughs> I, I, basically, I've just been moving my desk around. I got a new monitor, which is very nice. A nice big wide boy. No um, you asked. <laughs> <laughs> is so so far we've done five minutes and Drake and Josh, and now you're like, "How was your week?" I start talking about the week, and you're like, "Who gives a fuck?" <laughs> How was your week, Nathan? My week's good. I got the week. No off one work. cares, Nathan. So there you go. Well, I care. Uh, I got the week off work, so I have been playing lots of Lego Star Wars, and I've also been watching all the Star Wars movies. Um, last night, I watched, I well rewatched Rise of Skywalker because I finished the watch through last night. Uh, good movie, man. I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. I had a really good time. So there's a lot of um. I'll, I'll I'll go on this for a sec. There's a. Have you seen that viral tweet that's gone around? It's no. like you know what? I don't think the la- uh, the Rise of Skywalker has gotten quite enough shit yet. For like some of the dumb things it did, and people are commenting like, "Don't get me wrong, it's not. It's. It, I don't think it's many people's favorite Star Wars movie, but it's still yeah. fun." And a lot it's, of people. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and people have commented back on it like, "Yes, do you know what? Absolutely needs some more internet harassment and bullying." The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> people do seem to act like it's the worst Star Wars movie, but it's it's not even close. It's no. it's it's very enjoyable. I had a lot of fun watching it last night. I watched that film not too long. I watched that film maybe two weeks ago, and it's uh, it's my my relationship with that is yeah. On a first like, I came out of the cinema and I was a bit like, oh, uh, I don't know how I feel about it. Then I watched it again, and you told me as well, like, you, if you just switch your brain off and have fun, then it's a great film. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Encanto. 
<laughs> not Drake and Josh, not iCarly, not Neville's FBI basement or whatever. Not um, Star Wars. So Encanto uh, is a film about a family uh, who have magic uh, in uh, in Colombia. They don't have magic. They have a magic candle. And yes, in Colombia. I think it's Colombia. I think it's Colombia. We should probably check that. Yes. That seems very yeah. ignorant to get wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to fact-check that one right now. Uh, it is Colombia, yes. Yes, neither of us are racist today. <laughs> um, today but, okay, but, but any day now, that will happen. <laughs> just... There's always more Disney movies, Nathan, <laughs> for us to get wrong. Um, yeah, they were like, what, what, you, you, I hadn't watched this for a while. I had kind of grown... I hadn't seen this, and then... I'd just very quickly grown sick of the TikTok like stuff surrounding it. But you you asked me to watch this. What did you think of it? What's the TikTok stuff surrounding it? Basically just we don't talk about Bruno being played over and over and over again relentlessly. Right. And it's I it's a good song, but it there were there was a good month where it was unavoidable. <laughs> like you could not go anywhere without hearing that song somewhere. So well, yeah, because it's it's popular and it's Good, yes. So I, I watched this uh, over Christmas when I was alone and had COVID and I had nothing yeah. else to do. So I, I saw that this little movie had dropped on Disney+, Plus. so I gave it a watch and I had a lot of fun. I thought it was a really good, enjoyable movie. And then I mm. said, oh, you should probably you should watch this. It's quite good. And then you didn't. You're racist. Um, oh, that's that's and... why we've, we've finally got around to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the accusations have been laid. Um, no, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I've always had a fun, uh, fun little family musical, a engaging story, some great little jaunty tunes in there. And you know, you have a fucking weird, not obsession, but a weird rule that musicals must adhere to. Um, so I'm interested to see where this falls for you. But yeah, overall, I really I, I enjoyed Encanto a lot. I think it's a good movie with great performances, great songs, um, and there's not a lot that I would change about it. But there is some stuff. I, so I, I was happy with this. Like the it passed weirdly enough, every single song passed my movie <laughs> musical rule. Um, Lawrence's Bachdel told- test. <laughs> basically no because it always told us stuff that about the character and, and and you know sometimes it's a little bit too not not this film specifically the ones that don't pass the rule are often just i'm sad i'm clearly sad there's a scene of me being sad now i'm gonna sing for seven minutes about how sad i am that doesn't That's happen the, in this no that no that doesn't happen in this every time you you sing about every time the character sings about their feelings it's about feelings we didn't know they were having already like a particular favorite is how you go over to Louisa's character, uh, and she's and she basically turns around. She's like, "I'm about to fucking, I'm about to fucking, I'm gonna go mental, boys!" And she sings a song about that, um, and that was like nice and inviting. Um, some yeah, some really a good, interesting set of characters in this, which I which I liked. Interesting indeed. Uh, so what did, what did you think about the characters? And did you have a favorite? Do you have someone <laughs> you were drawn to? Obviously, Mirabelle, played by. Uh, Stephanie Beatrice is kind of the lead. Uh, what do yeah. you think? No, she's good. My, uh, weirdly enough, my favourite character in this because I loved watching him behind the scenes. Like all, in all of these movies, there's such incredible detail, like attention to detail paid in like the behind, the, like the main action, like what's going is on in it, the background stuff. 
is it my man, my king with the dance moves? Is it is it Big Felix? It is Big Felix, yeah. Yes, because <laughs> Felix, Felix is always just fresh, and he's dancing, and he and he's he's sick. He's so cool. He's so good, man. His, his dance moves, and we don't talk about Bruno, where he's he's just like doing that up and down thing. And yeah, he's getting it, man. He's he's going. Felix is what I wish I looked like when I put on my Hawaiian shirts, uh, <laughs> but I don't. Funnily enough, he's—I um, I read this on trivia that he's—he's uh, just a recolored version of Maui from uh, Moana. Oh. Yeah, he's just—they they literally just changed his hair and and recolored him, and obviously changed his outfit and stuff. He's not just naked with a leaf or whatever Maui was. <laughs> so maybe there's maybe there's something there. Maybe maybe he's brought some of the rock's natural charm and charisma over to him, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, no, he's a, yeah, he's a good character. But they, they're all good characters in this, to be fair. Like even the ones that I started off as the movie kind of rightly puts you in the mindset of like I, I started off not liking them. Um, yeah. As the movie forgave them, I forgave them, and it worked very nicely in tandem with like being put in the shoes of Mirabelle and being like you start to feel excluded from people in the family because you're like these guys kind of suck to a degree. Um, and yeah. then as the plot is centered around you know, healing the family to restore the magic, uh, you very much start to understand their point of view and you realise, oh, maybe I was wrong the whole time and I didn't have the full picture. Yeah, I think it goes both ways. I think, and and that's kind of the thing at the end as well. There are, uh, there's, there's a character who is sort of unnecessarily cruel and harsh towards Mirabelle for, mm. for, for a lot of the movie. Abuela is kind of very cold for a lot of the movie and then you sort of like as the movie goes on and you know as we get to the end you sort of see why um and you you find out more about her past and stuff that doesn't necessarily change like what happened in the movie though i still think there are a lot of times where um she is just very unnecessarily cold and very un, un unwilling to listen to mirabelle at all um <laughs> I've got a and... note that just might might speak to that quickly. Uh, it says, <laughs> "It says, Abuela, stop being gatekeepy with your stupid candle. I swear, <laughs> I want to kick you down those fucking stairs." Oh no! Uh, <laughs> no, because you're right though. At the beginning of the movie, she is just she's so cold and dismissive, and it does feel very yes. much like you're the odd one out. You're the you're the you know, which is obviously you know metaphors for a bunch of different things, but. It's, yeah. it's very much a case of you're the outcast of the family, like the black sheep, and we don't need you to yeah. be special. Yeah. You need us. We don't need you. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's very much that. Oh, also, the house is alive. There you go. Yeah, the, the house is alive. <laughs> I, I, at first, I thought when, when all the kids were like, what's your power? And she was moving around the house, and like she was like, yeah, this house is fucking, the house is doing shit. I thought she was doing all that. No. And I, I was like, she's got the best power of all. And then when everyone was rinsing her, I was like, uh, mate, she can literally control like every house. Like you're an idiot. And then it was like, you've got no powers. And I was like, oh, the house is alive. The house is real. <laughs> and then I remembered I was watching a Disney movie, and then I went, of course, the house is fucking real. <laughs> Quite the fool you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. What did you think of the other characters though? So obviously you loved our King Felix. Yeah, King Felix, legend. Um, I loved uh, who was the I, don't, I can't remember the name of him, but the the little shape shifting kid. It's where the the animation and like the choice of superpower worked well in tandem. Like Camilo, watched, yeah, yeah. Um, just like as an off point, I watched The Incredibles the other day, and one of the reasons I love that movie is how well the animation is used for like gags and also for um, 
like depicting superpowers like you've got mrs incredible becoming a parachute and like mrs incredible um you know being a boat and stuff like that and it's all very fun uh and this is a movie that actually actually uses shape-shifting creatively like um there's a bit where there's like a gap in the wall that's too small for him to normally fit through. So he just shrinks down to a baby and just <laughs> walks through it. And then he comes yeah. out of it. Like it's practical and it's really cool. Um, and it's, it's attention to detail from the animators, which I think is quite dope. He is pretty cool. I do enjoy the shape shifting. Um, I enjoy, is it Louisa? The strong one? Yes, that's her. Yes. I enjoy her. I really liked her quite a lot. Um, and that, that surface pressure song is, is also very good. Like, the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is a good song. I like it. Yeah, nice, fun little jaunty tune. Bob, 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 trap brush like a drip, 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 all this sort of stuff. It's good. There's donkeys dancing in the background. That's great stuff. Um, but <laughs> if you like, you, you listen to the lyrics and you actually see what she's talking about and how everyone in her family is always dependent on her and she's got to be the strong one. She's got to support everyone. Yeah. She can't show any cracks whatsoever. She's got to always be fucking strong for everyone else. Otherwise... She's fucked, basically. And you, you, what I like is that you do see that pressure start to build up. Like at first, yeah. and I think it, I think it does it really cleverly. At first, she seems very like the, um, she just seems blunt and like kind of brute force and a bit and a bit like dismissive and miserable. Uh, and once you, once you have the context of that song, you can see, oh, it's because literally she's being pulled in a million directions. Like, hey, my house is for some reason leaning to the left so she just walks over and boots it like yeah it every single everywhere she goes someone's got a job for her and like the grown-ass men that are like yeah. not as strong as her obviously but they they can do it themselves they're just like yeah. well she's the strong person she does this like, yeah yeah even like that fucking that woman who comes over like mariana's mother i think or something like the one who's gonna marry uh isabel um even yeah. she's like oh louisa just go get the piano like not even like asking her just saying <laughs> yeah. it just casually just going like oh go get the piano that's what you do go on go be good girl go get it yeah. and stuff and you're i was the, like that, that's really rude yeah like fucking hell at least ask at least say please fucking hell that's kind of the whole theme of the film isn't it that just everyone has a power but it's not it's they, they they're called gifts when it's like it's even yes. like it's not just called a gift in terms of like a passing reference. They all refer to the powers as gifts, not powers. Uh, and they just seem like curses. Like they seem like once you've got one, you're just indebted to this fucking house. And if you don't use your power to solely uphold the good of the family, then it's like not correct rather than you're just not allowed to be yourself. No, is Yeah, kind That is kind of it. It's, they are, it's, I think it's mostly for, like, the town. Like, they use their gifts for the town to help the people and stuff. That's why they're so, like, revered and loved. And Because they, well, Abuelo specifically, but they created this whole place. And and they, you know, are kind of... They're not, like, the leaders, but I guess, for one of a better word, they kind of are, like, the leaders of the town. So everyone, yeah. everyone sort of looks up to them, and their gifts are supposed to, to help those throughout the town. Um... I don't see how shapeshift. Uh, well, no, yeah, because he does like raise that kid's baby or whatever. Um, and then <laughs> there's there's the the new kid. I can't remember his name, but the little the little boy. He's like he gets to hang out with animals, which seems pretty cool. And he lives in yeah. a forest, which seems outrageous. Why would you want that? Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like the the whole. I understand, like they're they're the two controlling. I think my, my a lot 
halfway into this movie, I kind of thought about something in it. Maybe, maybe this is nitpicky. Maybe it breaks the premise. Like you, you know, for example, if you ask, like, "Oh, why didn't Iron Man just kill Thanos?" Well, then there's no, <laughs> there's not, there's no movie. Then you know, like, yeah, exactly. I hate it that might shit, be, yeah. <laughs> it might be a bit like that. And tell me if it is, but it's, it's the case of like this is a very wholesome community of people all willing to work. Yeah. Do they? Is the magic going like? that catastrophic why do they need it why do they need it to live and to survive where they are but then also like is it it maybe that speaks to the theme the the movie's theme about prioritizing the need for magic over like the importance of family and you know like appreciating one not the other i think that's a part of it but also the I think there's a lot of different parts of that i definitely think it's it's what you said like how you know they've they They've had it their whole lives, okay? They can't necessarily imagine it without it. It's probably quite scary to think of life without, you know, these gifts and everything like that. Um, uh, and then I think as well, part of it is, like, when you see the damage that's actually been done, it's not just the house that's affected. It is also, it does start to break out into the town as well, like the town yeah. splinters and cracks, and, you know, a whole fucking mountain breaks apart. So also it, it could pose, like, quite a serious threat. To, to the people yeah, yeah. as well. Um, and then as well, I think I lost where I was going with this, but I I feel like the magic itself is, I think there is just like quite a big element of fear there for the family. And they probably could handle without it. They could rebuild. And I actually, I think towards the end of the movie, like when the house is destroyed, and you know everyone learns a lesson, and they start to to rebuild. I I kind of feel like I I like this movie a lot, and I do like the ending. But I kind of felt like maybe it could have I don't know just hit just a little bit more if if they did kind of realize that, and if they mm, didn't just yeah. automatically all get their powers back, and they I, they then I had thought... to just go and not on with, with with a normal life, I guess. What what I was expecting to come about of it was was the the candle's purpose there was to heal the family and to bring you know to provide them a fighting second chance and then yeah. the reason it, the reason it stuck around for so long is because Abuela turned into this kind of tyrant leader that relied on it rather than yeah. prioritizing her family. So when when the power when the candle started giving them the warning like yo treat your family right or this is all gone like your second yeah. chance is wasted. When when the family was healed, I I was really expecting the candle to go out and for them to realize that like it was it was the family that like had the power all along. Like if they were just if they had always worked together, they would have always managed to find a second chance. They just needed life's help in pushing in the right direction. Um, and it, when it didn't do that, and then it was just like thanks house for rebuilding yourself. I was like, so you've all kind of learned your lesson, but it's it seems very easy to fall back into your old ways now. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of the thing. That's why I, I would have kind of liked it if if there had been not necessarily consequences, but just kind of like a new a new path for them, and they're they're not so they're not so reliant on these gifts. <laughs> just average Joe from down the road who is not a part of this family and just happens to live there just gets his <laughs> shop burnt down, and it's like, well, you should have been nice to that person you've never <laughs> fucking met in your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like the movie. Don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's a good time, and it is for children and. That is something I always try and keep in mind when I think about these films. Um, I feel like it it took the whole movie to establish a theme that was extremely clear within the first twenty minutes. 
uh, and then it didn't really surprise me after that. Um, and I think I think right. I think that could have been fixed with the ending. Like if the ending was, like you say, like kind of like what your pitch for it just was, it it could have done something yeah. quite unique and cool. But it didn't, and it's for kids, and I'm not the target audience. So what do I know about it? Like, but also what it did isn't bad in any way. No, like it's 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 a good. It's a good story. It's heartwarming. And there's some really good stuff along the way. I, you know, just going back to characters, I really, really like the character of Bruno quite a lot. Mm. I like how, and there's some really emotional stuff there as well. I like how he is kind of like, like you were saying, Mirabel's kind of like the black sheep. He is to another level. Mm. He's he's been completely ostracized by his family. He couldn't handle his gift exactly like you were saying because it was more of a curse for him. He was given visions of the future and no one likes their visions. They was all like, well, this is shit. What the fuck's the point of you? Like, no, I, I think that, this was one of the good things about me having heard that song so often um, about the Bruno thing because yeah. I didn't know about the shape-shifting character. And I, all I knew was that <laughs> we don't talk about Bruno uh the entire <laughs> town is obviously shit scared of him um and yeah. and also that scene where you know he says like rats along his back or something like that and it's the shapeshifter in bruno's form the only thing yeah. that was the reference i had for bruno going into the movie so i was tricked into it by like the media's <laughs> by the movie's like media presence um you fell for the propaganda i did <laughs> Uh, and and when it was revealed that like I I loved the reveal that it Bruno it it wasn't that Bruno said something and it and it came true so he was going around being like oh it's gonna rain today on your wedding day and he like deliberately fucked up people's shit it wasn't that at all it was just a case of you don't like what you want to hear like you wanted to hear it you didn't like it stop yeah. stop blaming me for it yeah exactly yeah. he he doesn't control the visions that he gets he he just gets them. He like he's not saying specifically, oh, this is going to happen to you. It's just it's just what occurs. Um, literally, don't shoot the messenger, but but they did. Um, and and I love the fucking the fact that he's like, I can't I can't handle this. You know, this isn't a good place for me. I need to leave. Yeah, but also I can't because I this is my family and I love my family and I and I want to be with them, but they don't want to be with me, it seems like. So he's just kind of, like, fucking lives in the walls. And, like, the moment where you see he's got a little dinner set up, like, right uh, next to where they have, yeah, it's so heartbreaking. It, it kind of hit me on two levels, because at first I was like, oh, he set himself up a little plate, but he's separated. You know, like, that's nice. It's a nice metaphor for the movie, like, you know, being cast out from your family, uh, but still desperately trying to be a part of it but then also it hit me even more so that like it's not even a plate it's it's like chalk drawings of a plate and a fork and a knife and like on on some like wooden crusty table he's built out of shit and i was like oh this is fun it was tragic it was so like he was a genuinely very very interesting character and at first yeah at first i was terrified that disney would do that thing that disney often do where the threat of the movie is just a big goofball with no yeah. sustenance, but he wasn't a big goofball. He was, but he was also that way for a reason. And he had emotions behind him. It's good. It's good stuff. Good character. Very, very good reveal. And I like the bait and switch of like everyone in that family should know that he wasn't a piece of shit. Yeah. And, and they, and, like, I th and I think they do. I think they do as well mm. because, or, or maybe they realize it, but there's a really heartwarming moment at the end where like when Bruno does come back and he's straight away, he's kind of just like, he's over explaining himself. Mm. He's, he's very quick. He's saying like, 
Like, I, I left, here we go, blah, 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 here's all the stuff that happened, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I messed up, blah, 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 here it all is. And, like, his sisters don't say a word, but then they just immediately just hug him yeah. and just welcome him back, which is which is really, really sweet. I really enjoy that moment. Yeah, it's nice. And like I say, that that, that whole character arc is it, just nice. And it's it was a good switch for the movie because um, there was kind of... There's almost no antagonist of the movie. Which is very interesting. There's not, no. Which is is kind of refreshing. It is, and there's a lot of refreshing stuff in this. Like, I liked that she was like, Mirabelle took it upon herself. She was like, "Let's go fix the miracle. Let's go save the miracle." And a big musical fanfare happened. Then it just cut out, and she was like, "How the fuck do I save that? It's a concept. <laughs> what am I doing?" <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, uh, good little uh, switches out of this, which is fun. I remember being in the cinema watching Interstellar, um, the the Noah movie. This is it's not really related, but it kind of is. Um, and then I was like, it was like probably about three quarters of the way through the movie or something, and I was I was just sat there thinking, there's no villain in this. This is <laughs> this is refreshing. There's there's no antagonist. There's no one causing problems. I'm like. This is quite good. This is refreshing. Movies should do this more often. Yeah. And then immediately Matt Damon shows up uh, and tries to kill fucking yeah. thingy. Um, but yeah, that's that, for, I enjoyed it for that period. I actually enjoyed it <laughs> quite a lot. No, I, it, I think it's a, a good movie. But but yeah, it's uh, same thing kind of. Yeah, no, it is, and it, it's like that. It's like that feeling of I wish they stayed dedicated to that idea it does turn the it does turn the kind of perspective round from the audience because you naturally you look for an antagonist naturally you look for the people that are causing the problems and you're forced to confront yeah. the uncomfortable truth which is the fact that it is her family that have caused every single problem <laughs> in this like yeah and like and she's not been involved in it despite her being kind of like the the cast out or shunned member of the family it's fucking absolutely shit all to do with her like and and, yeah, and no. everyone in the family has kind of had some degree of 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 a hand to play in it, um, yeah. Just like in the broader sense of like shutting out Bruno, despite knowing that he was a good guy and they they treated him unfairly, um, and also mainly Abuela, who for um, yeah has just has just been kind of like gatekeeping the whole family miracle thing and like this is the way it's been i can interpret a candle better than you can like i know what it's for you don't <laughs> it's difficult because like say for the most of the movie she is probably the closest thing we have to an antagonist really she is the she's just like say very cruel to towards mirabelle so it's hard to be you know supportive or whatever of her i do like her character though i like when you find out more about her backstory and how and like what happened to her with you know her husband or, or partner or whatever um and everything like that and just how how much she obviously very much loved him and then losing him and having to raise fucking three kids on her own that can't be easy at all um it's it's really heartbreaking stuff and and i do i do like that sense of her character um it's it's hard i guess to be the one in charge when like what you're in charge of is keeping a whole fucking town alive i guess like that yeah that can't be easy i i thought i thought 
her arc was kind of a very nice and definitely necessary like kind of double meaning and metaphor for like basically boomers that view kids or grandkids as their property because because they derived from them they have yeah. a, a stake and an ownership and and have uh, what they perceive as like a valid opinion on what that person should be and what their life has to amount to. Um, yeah. And I thought it was very necessary because it was one of like, I mean, it's, it's a tired trope and it has happened in a few things, but this was the clearest example I can think of in recent memory where an old person has to confront the fact that, oh, my views are outdated and I'm wrong. <laughs> like, yeah and it's and it's and it's interesting and it like and it's definitely necessary and it also what i quite like is it teaches kids to confront that as well i was just gonna say i didn't thought about that i think yeah it's yeah it, right. it will teach kids to say like because mirabelle does come to the conclusion after after a lot of self-doubt she does come to the final yeah. conclusion nah this is on you you're you fuck this not me uh and i just say yeah. i think that's lovely it doesn't show the kid as the irresponsible careless one uh, and like the one that's like, oh, you know, the miracle. I fucked up the miracle. I got to fix the miracle for mom, pa, or whatever. Like it's, she reaches a bit deeper and and has a, a more serious arc, which is obviously still, it's shown to be fun because it's a kids' film, but it has a nice message that I think is definitely important. What do you think of Isabel? She she no, well, she's she's kind of the opposite of that point. Like she's the she's the kid that goes for it all and does overcorrect herself to to bend to the view of what she should be in her family's eyes um yeah and and you can see it kind of complements that the mirabelle storyline because she's fucking broken because of it like she she's marrying someone she doesn't want to marry she has to like she she has to be like the picture perfect embodiment of like beauty and like like held up in this high esteem of everyone um and it's and it that is wrong and it's and it's and it's not fair to put that much pressure on a kid um and i like the fact that it, it complemented the storyline of the outcast uh is the person that doesn't bend to fit the will of other people yeah i like i like isabel's character quite a lot i do like that arc she goes through mm. and how you're right like again like more often than not the gift is a curse and how it is essentially breaking her again she's got to live up to these expectations she's got to marry this guy she's got to do what's expected of her she doesn't want any of it she she didn't ask for this she didn't ask to constantly essentially be the face of the family the pretty one the one who's always so beautiful and elegant and and like the moment where she can she starts to do stuff different in that song what else can i do where she she starts to instead of creating just the most beautiful thing she just creates fun and has like fucking and colors her dress and all this stuff she has like the most fun you've ever seen in the movie and she's she starts to like realize oh this is good i don't need to just be you know beauty embodied or or whatever it is yeah yeah it's it's great it's it's good that she starts to realize that i saw a tweet that was like um it was something along the lines of like is sales of like toys from from encanto or whatever have have shown that like luisa dolls are outselling isabel dolls which shows that like girls are more are more uh, girls would rather be like a strong person than someone who's just pretty. And it was like, okay, way to miss the entire fucking point of that yeah. character. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's it, it's surprising how much this this movie. It, it, it there's subtleties to it. In some ways, I think it's very obvious. I think it's a very clear movie with a clear point. But the stuff yeah. I really appreciated was not the main plot, which was it's that each of the characters go through a subtle arc, um, and it's and it's entirely kind of like. I think most of the important characters are women, and that's cool. Um, but also, they're about different types of women, and how women don't have to just be put in boxes as the strong one, the pretty one, the smart one. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. and that's like, like it's how that's still a message that needs to be taught is baffling. But I'm glad it is being taught. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Good stuff all around. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Music good. Lin Manuel writing yeah great uh all right cool uh well thank you for listening uh uh that's just to you nathan what a nice chat this has been and thank you to everyone that's tuned in uh, <laughs> great. Uh, good stuff next week we're going to be doing this Your French bitch, go on. Keeping that in. That's the tease. Titanic. That's the tease. It's Titanic. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, give us a follow on social media. Save the rebellion. Save the Nathan, dream. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the spiel. As Saul Guerrero once said. Good. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Happy Pod. Episodes go live Fridays, 10 a.m., except today. Don't at us. <laughs> it will go oh, out. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're it's currently eleven forty nine p.m. a.m. Sorry, when we're recording this, so we've missed the deadline by about two hours. But you know, get off our fucking backs about it is what. I mean. <laughs> uh, join us next week for the Titanic. Give us a review, five stars, or don't bother. We don't want to fucking know about it if it's anything less than fucking five. Hell. Yeah, we're very harsh today. I'm getting through it, Nathan. We've got to get this edit up. We've got to, it's got to be- <laughs> uh, thank you, and we shall see you next week. Yep, see you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.